Everybody joining me on this episode of the podcast, uh, his long-awaited return to the show, is uh, Justin Ferguson, Auburn writer for The Athletic and also co-host of The Lunch Break on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn. Justin, it's, uh, like I said, it's been a while since you've been on the show. Uh, how's it going? And uh, welcome back on. Hey, man. Uh, it's good to be back on. I know it's been a while, but uh, yeah, kind of a <laughs> crazy season uh, for Auburn. Not, not the kind we kind of expected, but uh, it's always good to jump on with you and talk talk about the Tigers. Yeah, I think I had Auburn going before the season. I want to say I had them at 9 and 3 or 10 and 2. Where were yeah. where were you thinking before the season started? Yeah, I, I figured it would be the same way. I knew that Georgia and Alabama those were always going to be the really hard games uh for Auburn and you know Washington, LSU would be difficult, Mississippi State would be difficult, but I thought this team was going to win a majority of their tough games and and they didn't and then they dropped uh, you know, a game in Tennessee uh, that uh, I don't think anybody expected uh, them to even come close to losing at the beginning of the year. So uh, everything kind of just – anything that could have gone wrong for Auburn pretty much did this season for a team that still, you know, managed to uh, go 7-5 and five and make a bowl game. Yeah, because I still look at the team. I look at this team. I look around. I'm like, you know, it's really, for me, looks like for Auburn a wasted opportunity because there there was so much talent. There is so much talent on this roster and it just you look at it it's, you wouldn't think seven to five would be the record with the level of talent and players they have on the team oh yeah absolutely i mean they have some really good talent and i think that talent was kind of zapped by some deficiencies in some certain areas i think a lot of it came down to the offensive line this year for auburn a lot of inexperience um you know running backs uh, weren't either healthy or very consistent or very experienced on top of that but the offensive line just never really clicked this season, and Stidham was not allowed to kind of take full advantage of his receivers. And when you're getting on the, you know, you're getting really quick drives like Auburn was getting uh, in the in the bad kind of quick drives, um, the defense was on the field so much. By the end of the season, they had kind of worn down, and you could tell uh, that uh, that the legs were getting really heavy under them and uh when they played really good teams at the end of the season when they needed to be at their best uh they were they're just you know flat out just kind of worn out from what had happened this season so i think you're absolutely right there are pieces there uh for auburn to be really good and there are the pieces there for auburn to be really good next season um but and i think that's part of the reason why gus malzahn's ultimately coming back is, is that this staff's building something that could be you know a, a consistent contender in the sec uh, it's just that it's kind of Auburn and kind of under Gus Malzahn. One or two things go wrong. The season kind of spirals out of control more often than not. Yeah, and it really seems like to me. I think, I mean, the Washington game just kicked the season off. There were some issues there. But, you know, Auburn found a way to win. Defense made some great plays. Still made enough throws there. Had a, found enough of a running game to win there. So I thought, okay, that's a big game for Auburn to get over hump. Because I think coming to the season, you had lost back-to-back last year in in Atlanta, you know, there was a talk, can Auburn win away from Jordan Harris? They did that. Then the LSU game happened. And to me, I think that game really seemed like that game is when the season, for me, went sideways. Because I think if Auburn wins that game, then the, the season can turn out completely different. Yeah, yeah I think, and, and you know, Auburn doesn't call for pass interference down the stretch, or if the field goal just goes wide, you're probably talking about a different team this season. I think Mississippi State game was also huge. Um, there were several big time calls that kind of went Auburn's way against Auburn in those games. Two touchdowns basically that were uh, they, that you know one went away from Auburn and one went to Mississippi State. 
um, that, that seemed on review that they were very, very debatable. And um, that would have turned a game that was ended up being, you know, by a couple scores that could have been an Auburn road win and against a really what turned out to be a pretty good Mississippi State team. Um, yeah, and then you're talking about a completely different team. You're talking about a team that's playing with confidence. Uh, you're talking about a team that has a quarterback who's able to get into rhythm a whole lot quicker. And um, and they never got in that day. This offense felt like it was stuck in first gear all season long, and uh, it never really um, – the defense never really got the help it needed. They had their own issues. The pass rush wasn't as good as we expected it to be. Uh, the secondary had some games where they, you know, showed some real deficiencies in terms of uh, one-on-one coverage. But overall, it was a pretty good defense, um, and there were some bright spots on offense. It just didn't click enough, and I think a lot of it comes down to that offensive line, and uh, yeah, that's got to be priority one in the future for Auburn. Yeah, uh, you know, let's talk about the offensive side of the ball. I really want to center this thing on, on Jarrett Stidham because coming to the season, this was quarterback a lot of people thought was going to be a first-round draft pick. I'm one of those people. I thought coming this year that I actually, coming in the year, I, I, I said here on the podcast, I think Jarrett Stidham is the best quarterback in the SEC. Um mm-hmm. Obviously, I've, as the season went on, I was proved wrong on that fact, and it's obvious that there was some regression there. I, to me, when I watch him play, and I'll be interested to see what you think, it's just a th- early in the season, you talk about the offensive line, a lot of that pressure got in his head. A lot of times, it looks like to me, he is unwilling to hang in the pocket, step up in the pocket, and he leaves the pocket too early and rolls out and limits what he can do down the field. And he was in, more inaccurate this season, I think, than he was last season. I think he went uh, from seven, a 67% passer last season to a 60%. So just what you saw out of Stidham this year, did yeah. you see a regression? Or what do you think his issues were? Yeah, I saw a regression. I saw a quarterback that made a lot of uh, his success last season came into real rhythm throws, um, a lot of good play action work, a lot of good deep passing work. And I think the fact that Auburn didn't have a consistent running game they were okay in pass protection for the most part this season up front, but that offensive line could not get the running backs enough room consistently to make plays. And when you think about how good uh, Jared Sidham was in 2017, a lot of it had to do because Kerryon Johnson uh, took a lot of attention, um, you know, from defenses, and he was able to uh, make quick passes in those RPO plays, and he was able to take deep shots downfield in the play action because people were worried, and for good reason, that Kerryon Johnson you can make big plays on them on the ground. When you take that away, you take away a lot of Stidham's effectiveness. And uh, Auburn's playbook um, is kind of what it is. If you don't have a good running game, they don't really have a lot to take advantage of. There were some times where they got into some up-tempo pass-first sets um, that they did well, but they never were consistent enough. And, uh, yeah, the pressure got to them um, early in the season. And even though Auburn's offensive line didn't give up a ton of sacks, uh, Stidham – you know, gets happy feet. He uh, runs into a lot of pressure uh, himself. And, uh, you know, when you're not in a rhythm and in a flow, like a good, you know, spread uh, system quarterback usually needs to be to have a lot of success, uh, all your problems start kind of piling up on yourself. And I think he's still got a really um, good arm. Uh, I think that the right NFL team in the right situation can plug him in. Uh, that's why I don't think he's necessarily going to just fall off the map in the draft process. I think, you know, he'll go to the senior bowl and some, maybe the combine and show teams that, hey, you get me behind an offensive line that can, you know, keep, you know, keep me upright, get me, get me with a running game, 
uh, uh, that, that is strong enough. Um, I've got the talent to make some plays in, in the right system and kind of be a developmental guy to take over for maybe a veteran quarterback down the road. He, he's going to be a project. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, I think a lot of NFL people are going to notice the shortcomings that he had this season. A lot of it had to do with Auburn's own problems. And, you know, quite frankly, not a lot of them uh, had to do with him. Now he, he should have played better on his own in some areas. Uh, but I think, his biggest issues in, in, in 2018 came from the fact that the pieces around him weren't clicking as well as they did last season. Yeah, just looking, you know, at you know quarterbacks that did get invited to the Senior Bowl, and of course he is one of them. I think he does have the most to gain. And I was listening to a, a another podcast that was talking about the Senior Bowl, and they made a good point. I hadn't really thought about this. He's probably going to wow the scouts in the, the practices during the week, but maybe what will be the biggest deal, which is usually the opposite with Senior Bowl for him is the game how he looks you know getting surrounded you know with live bullets flying around him so it's gonna be interesting for him to see how he does you know in the bowl game of course and going forward like oh, you yeah. said with the senior bowl and the combine yeah no i think senior bowls are huge for him uh purdue's not a great defense uh they're pretty average to below average in some areas on the defense side of the ball but he just needs a good game to kind of set the tone now that everybody knows he's going to the draft now that everybody knows this is the direction he's going, if he can go out with a good performance, I think uh, it just you know kind of ends his Auburn career on a good note. And um, I think his arm's just really good, and uh, it kind of the the reason why I think a lot of people uh, see him as a potential um, you know steal at quarterback. And, and what is a thin quarterback class? I mean, if he's going mm-hmm. up against uh, you know two attack lower. Jake Fromm or, you know, Justin Herbert, if, if he comes back in this 20, this 2020 class, rather, I think he, he's downgraded even if he has a better season next year in college. This is a perfect time for him to go. I know he wished he had a much better season. Uh, but uh, I think the pieces are there. I mean, you, you have the components of a really good uh, quarterback, I think, uh, somewhere in there. They just got to find the right system and get him ready. Yeah, you know, and it's- after in this season, you know, this point with Alabama loss, of course, you know, you kind of do look, okay, who's Auburn playing a bowl game? But it seems like this year you just couldn't get the, – the mind of Auburn fans probably wasn't on the bowl game, just with all the different things, you know, you would see, social media and such. And I just want to get your opinion. I'm not going to stay on this topic too long. Just, you know, all the stuff surrounding Gus Malzahn after the season. Mm-hmm. Just do you think – was there at any point, do you think he was truly in danger of losing his job? You know – that's a good question, and I think it's a pretty complex one because I, I, I really think that there were some people who have some power at Auburn that wanted to see him go. Um, but I think ultimately uh, the people who have the most power in this situation, uh, the president and the AD, um, wanted to stand by Miles on for good reason. He just gave the man a big contract. and It would take you $32 million to get rid of it. It was going to be a bad look by Auburn, even if it might be, quote-unquote, the right thing to do. It would have been a bad look by Auburn, especially for the people who have to deal with with those decisions uh, as kind of the, you know, the, the, the public faces of both the university and the athletic department. I think they believe in Malzahn. I think they believe that he can turn it around. I think if you look at the roster and the talent and the way they've recruited, they have the potential to turn around next season. Um, Malzahn's done well when his back's been up against the wall. And I think with him taking over play calling again, I think that's going to be key in the future because I think, 
he's been trying to be the CEO the last couple of seasons, and I don't think it fits him. I don't think that's his identity. It is for other t- Nick Saban does it. Such he's such a good uh, CEO. Um, you know, he gets hands on with his defense, of course, but I mean, he's one of the best because he does what he does. Not every coach is like that. Not every coach has to be like that. Um, you look at Oklahoma, they're putting up back to back Heisman Trophy winners and then the playoff yet again. And they have a, you know, coach, a very young coach, Lincoln Riley, who's still super hands on with his offense and his quarterback. So I don't think there's a magic bullet. I don't think Malzahn necessarily needs, uh, to be that CEO. Um, I think he thought he did. I think he's learning that that's just not him. And so I think him taking play calling back over, if they get some things sort, sorted out, um, I think that's a better option for the future. I'm not saying it's going to definitely work and Auburn wins nine or ten games next season, uh, but I do think that him going that direction gives Auburn a higher ceiling uh, just because he's going to be more comfortable and not like he's under pressure, things he doesn't want to do uh, in 2019. Yeah, I, you know, as soon as he, you know, kind of gave our play call, and it was when, you know, when Rhett Lashley was still there, then with Chip Lindsey, it did kind of feel out watching him on sideline. This is just from someone watching on television. He looked right. uncomfortable. He like he, yeah. you know, like he was he, he, like you know, it's like when you leave home and you forget something, you just know something's not right. You know, it just he, he didn't look like the same miles on. And let's face it, I mean, he was hired at Auburn for his offensive play calling. So, right. Was, you know, not for being a CEO. Uh, so that will be an intriguing thing, and we'll get to see that in the bowl game uh, here with him calling the plays there and, you know, try to transition over to the Music City Bowl. Purdue, you know, I, I was kind of looking over Purdue's season, and it's really interesting season for them. I mean, they started mm-hmm. 0-3, then they go f- win four in a row, including that 49-20 victory over Ohio State, which, I mean, we can say pretty much kept Ohio State out of the playoff. Team ends up 6-6. Six and six. You know, they finished 2-3. and three. They like to throw the ball. Uh, so a pretty an interesting matchup for Auburn here with Purdue. Yeah, I, I don't really know if Auburn's played a team quite like this um, in a while. I guess Northwestern might be the, the best example uh, of that back in the day. Um, you know, Auburn plays Northwestern after the 09 season. This was a team out of the Big Ten West that threw the ball around a ton, uh, had their highs and lows, and Auburn ended up winning a wild one uh, in the Outback Bowl. Yeah, Purdue's a very interesting team. They lost three really close games to start the season against some some solid competition. Beating Ohio State, I mean, it was just they caught fire at the right time. And they're offensively, if you if you're not at your best defensively, uh, they'll put up play they'll put up points on you in a hurry. Um, you know, there's no doubt about it. That Jeff Brom is a absolutely fantastic play caller. Uh, he has done a great job these last couple seasons of being able to take some of these talent gaps that Purdue has, overcoming them with a really fun system and some really good play calling. And he's going to try to do that again, especially coming off that you know contract extension he got with the Boilermakers. Um, David Blow, th- Blow throws the ball, you know, a bunch. Their quarterback, um, and then Rondell Moore, the star of that Ohio State game. Um, he's a real weapon, and, and Auburn's got to be able to tackle an open space against this guy. Um, but you're absolutely right. They were kind of up and down. Uh, they beat Ohio State, but they get torched by not a great Minnesota team later in the season. Um, so, they're, so they're pretty unpredictable. I mean, not quite, you know, kind of like Auburn is to an extent. I think you kind of had that all in the season with Purdue. I don't really know what to expect from them. They're going to be fired up. They're going to be motivated to get a bowl win here. Um, but I think 
for Auburn is you, you have the talent. You should be able to have your legs back under you defensively uh, after what was a really tough month in November. Um, I think Auburn's defensive front, I don't think Purdue is going I – I, I really don't know how Purdue is going to handle that. If they want to run the ball or you know try to drop back and pass, how are they going to be able to ha- handle um, Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson, Nick, you know, Nick Coe? Is going to be you know questionable for this game. He might not play at all. Um, but Mon Davidson, uh, Deshaun Davis, Darrell Williams, can they hang with these guys? Dontavious Russell. I think that's going to be the biggest difference because they have not seen a defensive front like this uh, very much this season. The big question for Auburn is going to be: Are they going to be able to do enough on offense? Uh, are they going to show enough progress with Malzahn taking the play calling back with a month off to kind of reload and refocus? Are they going to be good enough? Because Purdue's defense isn't great. Uh, they gave up a lot of yards on the ground this season. Um, and Auburn ran the ball against weaker opponents a decent amount towards the end of the season. Uh, and then on top of that, they ran the ball really well in the first half by their standards against against Alabama. So they can keep that rolling, guys healthier. Uh, they should be able to take care of business in Nashville. But I think the whole thing is with this team is that <laughs> – if they continue to kind of shoot themselves in the foot and fall behind the chains on offense, that defense going to be on the field a lot, I think. And they have, and Purdue has enough weapons and enough, you know, creativity and play calling that they'll, they'll give Auburn a hard time. So I expect it to be a good game. I expect it to be a tight game. Uh, but if Auburn plays its game in the second half, I think their depth and overall talent should be able to pull away. And they're going to be motivated. They saw what happened last year against UCF when you're not at the top of your game. Um, a team, you know, that's playing for a lot more is fully capable of beating you, uh, even if they don't have the same amount of talent. So that's what makes this game really, really interesting to me. Um, you know, and, and matchup-wise, Auburn should take care of it. Uh, this is a team that's been, you know, hasn't played their game uh, a lot this season. You know, I'm kind of intrigued, you know, when we talked about Malzahn, Gus Malzahn taking the play call again, I would just wonder – get your thoughts what kind of different wrinkles we could or could not see out of the Auburn offense maybe a couple of little his you know trick plays and stuff like that yeah I think that's probably mostly what you're going to see I think it's going to look a lot like what you saw play call was in the regular season I think they're not going to shake up things too much I don't think you can shake up things too much because you have Jarrett Stidham as your quarterback um maybe you might see a little bit more Malik Willis maybe you'll even see you know Joey Gatewood possibly in the game um, just to shake things up, try to build for the for the future. Um, but I would see Auburn trying to get a lot of their young talent in space, maybe a little bit more. Not to say anything bad about Ryan Davis or Cam Martin or Darius Slate, a receiver, but I think Miles um, I want to try to make a statement, find a way to get the ball in the hands of guys like Anthony Schwartz and Booby Whitlow and Sean Shivers and, uh, and uh, Seth Williams a lot more often. So that might be a tweak that you see in this matchup offensively. I think this is going to be a game where Malzahn wants to kind of put his foot down and say, hey, we're moving forward. This is what you can expect from us ahead, even if the quarterback uh, is going to be different next season. So uh, I feel you're leaning toward Auburn with the victory here, but do you have a score prediction? I don't have a score prediction. If, if I wanted to throw one out, I think Auburn can score about three or four touchdowns. I'm going to see maybe a little bit more. So give me something like you know, 20, 28, 21, 28, 24, something like that. I think Auburn might pull away. I could see Auburn really taking care of business, but I, I'm leery of that offense 
think Auburn's defense will play well and give Purdue a hard time. I just I just don't know how much Auburn is going to do their own kind of scoring. I think the defense is going to need to help them out some uh, with turnovers, maybe a big special teams player too. Um, but I know I, I think this will either be a close Auburn win or a close Auburn loss. But you know I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn just you know kind of pulled away in the second half either. Uh, I just feel like I've said that several times about this Auburn team just because of how talented they are and they have not been able to do that much outside of the old miss game. Uh, so I could see I could see this game you know being a close one or I could see it playing out kind of like the old miss. I think the old miss game might be the best comparison I think talent wise between these two teams and just kind of styles. All right. I can't wait to see Auburn Tigers do play that game. It's gonna be interesting and uh finally get the SEC uh, bowl started too and about another week that's the one thing on bowl season i do not like i'll admit i'm an sec homer and it takes too long for us to get to the sec teams uh when it comes to bowl season but uh last thing i want to do now justin i told you about this off the air and that's something new i'm doing mm-hmm. uh, five questions and tribute i guess to craig kilborn who was one of my favorite late night hosts uh he did a segment called five questions and i kind of said i want to do that one i guess a fun way to kind of in a light way to kind of end my interviews and my conversations with my guests. So uh, you ready for some five questions? Yeah, let's do it, man. I'm excited. All right. Four of them are sports-related. The last one is not sports-related, so I'll just give you that little teaser uh, for that. Okay. Uh, number mm-hmm. one, if you weren't in sports media, what would you be doing right now? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, I feel like early on in, in when I was kind of going through college, I wanted to figure out, you know, I think writing was always kind of, where I was angled towards. I, I've often thought that, um, and this would be really hard to break into, and I don't know if I necessarily would have been able to have been successful at it, but I took a couple of classes like this in college, and I feel like if I wasn't in sports writing, uh, I would try to do, like, TV writing or, uh, or movie writing. Um, you know, I have a few friends that you know, went to film school, and I've always been really intrigued by what those guys do, and uh, some people who work on TV shows and that, and that, that lifestyle kind of always attracted me, and... Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'd have been uh, successful in it, uh, but uh, that would probably be at least something I'd have tried to go after. Maybe writing on a on a TV show it looks like a looks like a lot of fun, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it when I when I did some of it, kind of doing like spec scripts and stuff like that in college. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, number two, uh, best stadium you have ever visited, and uh, disclaimer: you cannot pick Jordan Hare. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, this is a really good question as well. <sighs> all right, give me a second. Um, all right, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Tiger Stadium at LSU in Baton Rouge, Death Valley. Um, if you ever go there for a night game that's really really charged up, there's nothing quite like it uh, in all of college football. It is it is a really really special thing, and um, for some reason, I mean. It's not the biggest stadium in the country, but it's close. But it just feels even louder um, when they come onto the field. And, uh, you know, in pregame when they do call in Baton Rouge and stuff like that, it's just this is a thunderous atmosphere. Those people down in down in Louisiana love LSU so much, and they have just this really really strong passion for it. And uh, you know, I'll pick you know Auburn and Georgia, Alabama, even t- you know Texas A and M uh, when they have big games. Those are great crowds and some of the best in college football but it just it feels like a different level when you have a big game at lsu and uh if you've never been to a really big game at lsu especially at night i encourage any fan of college football to do it uh number three favorite sport growing up uh soccer i I was a big soccer fan 
Um, still am. That's probably, uh, you know, my, uh, I would say that's probably my biggest sport behind, you know, college football and, and college basketball, the two sports I cover. Um, but yeah, I played soccer at the time I'm four until I was about 14 or 15. Um, and then I was in, growing up in a small town in South Alabama. I didn't have very many options to play soccer. So I switched over to basketball and golf when I got into high school and, uh, yeah, but I've still been a big time, big time soccer fan, and uh, it's still to this day, which is kind of rare, I guess, for a lot of people growing up in Alabama. But uh, that's still that's still my number one, I guess, passion. Even now, I love college football and college basketball. Love writing about them. Love watching it. Kind of feels like work to me, though. Uh, if I watch too much of it, um, it reminds me too much of my job. Uh, so I guess when I want to break from that, uh, you know, I turn to soccer mostly. Hey, mine's hockey. So there you go. So, there you go. There you so. go. I've always wanted to get into hockey, um, but uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've got several friends who are huge uh, Nashville Predators fans, and they're they're always fired up. So yeah, yeah, I understand it. Hockey. I feel like hockey and soccer fans can kind of connect with one another because they kind of feel like yeah, we're we're kind of overlooked, but you know we we love our sports a ton. Oh yeah, most definitely best. And I'm just saying, hockey's got the National Hockey League's got the best trophy. I'm just gonna say that. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Stanley Cup is just one of the coolest things. Okay, and uh, number four event that you have yet to cover that you would like to any event out there you haven't been to, you know, sports that you mm-hmm. would like to cover in the future. Well, I got to cross off the NCAA tournament uh, this past year. Uh, that was the big one for me. I've covered a national championship in college football, so. I feel like the big ones in the sports that I work at, uh, you know, I've kind of hit the mountain, the mountaintops there. Uh, I wouldn't know how I necessarily cover it, but maybe attend it, maybe just to be a part of it. Uh, I would really like to, um, you know, experience the Masters, especially. I have a couple friends who um, have covered a Masters before, done it from their from the press area. Uh, it looks just really, really awesome that whole environment. I would love to go as a fan or, you know, if I ever had an opportunity to kind of, you know, maybe write uh, about it. Um, like I said earlier, started playing golf in high school and not very good at it, but uh, it's still kind of my big hobby since I don't have as much time or, um, you know, uh, I, I'm, my health is not great enough, I guess. Uh, I'm not in shape enough to play as much basketball as I used to, but, uh, yeah, I, I would love to go to the Masters and start from that area. I would That would probably be my big big number one thing. All right, number five. Like I told you, the last one was going to be non-sports related, and I hope this isn't controversial, you know, for people that listen to this podcast in Auburn. But where <laughs> is the best place to get food in Auburn? Ooh, that's a great question. All right, um, uh, let me let me uh, run down my list in my head. Um, okay, all right. Uh, I thought about cheating and giving you two. I'm just going to go on one here, though. Okay. Um, my all-time favorite place to eat at Auburn is a place called Panty George's Kitchen. Um, it is kind of near my apartment, uh, right off the interstate uh, at South College Exit when you're starting to get into town if you're coming you know, from Montgomery or you're coming down from Atlanta. Um, it is some of the best it's, – it's, it's some of the best soul food you can find anywhere. Their fried chicken is my all-time favorite fried chicken in the world um they do every side they have is just a plus there's a lot of great places to eat at auburn but painting george's they're only open for lunch most of the time they're not open on saturdays so i I tell people when they come down here you got to hit it at the right time 
Um, but uh, you, you can't beat it. Um, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll give a little inside baseball uh, for some people <clears throat> who might be listening who are Auburn fans. Um, when Auburn does uh, their big recruit visits, their official visits, and I've been at the complex last few weeks when they've, you know, when they've done this, um, they they often Sundays right before these guys leave their final, you know, big time impression. They want to send these guys out with a positive, you know, view of Auburn and kind of while they're considering them, uh, they usually feed them Fanny Georgia. So I think if if Auburn football, uh, you know, gives it to uh, gives it to their top recruits, I think I think that says a lot. Uh, you know uh, about the place, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm there quite often. And uh, you know, if you're ever in Auburn and you want to stop by, you won't regret it. It is it is one of my favorite places on earth. All right, sounds good. Well, next time I'm in Auburn, if I can hit that right time, I'm going to go now. You convinced me yep. to. That's where I'm going to go grabbing some food next time. Can't, can't beat it. Can't beat the fried chicken for sure. All right, I, I, I well, it's fried chicken. I'm a I love chicken of any kind, so I'm there. There you that's, go. That's there my spot. Go. That's my stop next time I'm in Auburn. And uh, Justin, that was a lot of fun. That's a new segment doing. I'm glad you were uh, happy to participate in five questions. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, I hope the listeners enjoyed that. But uh, mm-hmm. And I enjoyed our entire conversation talking about Auburn in the, the five questions segment. And uh, listeners want to find you online. Where can they find you and um, all your stuff? Do you do it? The Athletic and um, over at ESPN 106.7 in Auburn. Yeah, you can um, follow me on Twitter at jfergusonau. It's the easiest way to get out with me if you ever have any questions or you just want to see what I'm working on. Uh, yeah, you can check me out at theathletic.com, covering uh, Auburn football and Auburn basketball there. Uh, if you haven't heard of us yet, we are um, ad-free, premium uh, sports site uh, covering you know, pretty much now we pretty much cover everybody, um, you know, pro sports, college sports, um, with dedicated writers. We've got a really good national college football and basketball team that I'm Really delighted to be a part of. And, yeah, for a small subscription price uh, per month, uh, you, right now you can sign up for really great gifts. If you're looking for any sports fan that, uh, you, you know, uh, on your Christmas list that you need to get you know get a gift for, think about The Athletic. Uh, we do gift subscriptions. It's great. If you want to try it out for yourself, you can go to theathletic.com slash free trial. Uh, and, uh, you know, seven days will give to you free. Over 90% of the people – uh, who, you know, sign up for the trial, end up getting a subscription. We're not going to give you any clickbait. We're not going to give you any, you know, small, uh, little bitty stories. Um, everything you click on the athletic, we try to make it be, you know, you know, good quality analysis, reporting features. Got a feature up this week on uh, Bo Nix uh, that I worked uh, worked a long time on, that I think a lot of Auburn fans will enjoy. And I'll be covered Auburn football and basketball from there. Um, so I encourage everyone to check that out. And yeah, ESPN 106.7. It's kind of a weird time to uh, do this right now. I'm about to go on vacation and then we're off on the show from till the beginning of the new year, but, uh, starting back on January 2nd, uh, encourage anybody, uh, in the Auburn area, if you're listening, ESPN 106.7, anywhere in the world, you can listen to us at ESPNAU.com. I'm a co-host of a show called The Lunch Break with a my good friend Painter Sharp was from 11 to 1. Uh, we talk a lot of Auburn football, a lot of Auburn basketball, a lot of college football, a lot of college basketball. And we kind of just have some random silliness thrown in there from time to time, and people can call in and have fun with us. So, yeah, theathletic.com, jfergusonau on Twitter, espnau.com. Easiest way to get up with me and uh, read and listen to all my stuff. I really appreciate it, man. I'm glad.
glad to come on once again and glad you gave me all that time so I can you know, shout out all that stuff. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, that's no problem at all. I appreciate you coming on and uh, try to not make the next uh, ask next time you ask you on the podcast not be it. such a big difference in time. But uh, <laughs> I always appreciate you coming on the show. It's always fun talking Auburn football with you. And uh, yeah, appreciate it. And look forward to talking to you again sometime down the road. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Happy holidays. All right. Thank you. You too.